the world outside your window. Hey, it's still not great, but guess what? Here on Post Your Recaps, everything has been super, is super, will continue to be super, because yes, it's the end of the Infinity Saga, sort of, with an asterisk. We'll get to the asterisk in a minute, but it is far from the end of Everything is Super. The podcast continues. One journey ends. New journeys begin, much like it is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which we have just finished rewatching again with an asterisk. Uh, I'm Josh Wiggler. I'm joined here by Kevin Mahadeo after a little bit of a layoff from the podcast. Kevin, you didn't get into any of the Australian Survivor Endgame shenanigans that required two podcasts to complete. Are you jealous or thankful? Um, I'm a little thankful. I will admit, too, <laughs> I think this continues my stubborn tradition where you have told me and other people have been like, you should watch Australian Survivor. And I said, I'm never going to do that. And now I'm never going to participate in Australian Avengers That's Survivor fine. either. That's fine. That's fine. So that happened. Uh, If you haven't listened to it, you certainly can. It's a two-part podcast. No spoilers here. Uh, It was myself, Mike Bloom, and the great legendary Chappelle on both of those podcasts with video versions of each up over at postshowrecaps.com. Um, Kevin and I also already recorded and released a couple weeks back our our podcast about Avengers Endgame, but we wanted to use this additional space as a place to to go through some feedback that we still have left over, just like some last looks at the Infinity Saga as well. But I also know that we want to use this as a place to tell people what lies ahead, because again, just because the you know the Marvel Cinematic Universe isn't shutting down, Kevin, just because Thanos has been defeated. So why should we? That's right. We're never ending this. We're we're gonna die here <laughs> one way or another. <laughs> this on is on the podcast. <laughs> I oh, mean, didn't God. you get eaten by a Tyrannosaurus on a podcast? So you once, know? once yeah. that I have vague vague memories, but it was but a dream, I believe. <laughs> uh, no, Kevin and I have had so much fun doing everything. Is super. The feedback we've gotten has been super, to use the word, uh, from from all of you. And it seems like everybody's having fun, and we're still having fun. And there is a lot of super heroic material out there to cover whether it's new stuff that's coming up um stuff that is very old stuff that is relatively old some you know like some somewhere in between um we've so far only covered marvel things there are dc shows there are dc movies to discuss there are super heroics that have nothing to do with either marvel or dc that are out there uh and then of course as kevin and i joked once upon a time there's the fast and furious movies those are technically superhero movies right those are absolutely superhero movies they're going to space (laughs) at this point i mean come on that's what we hear that's what we hear so we're not done we're gonna keep this podcast going for as long as we're having fun at the very least. Um, So let's tell you a little bit about what that means. First of all, Beyond Everything is Super, Kevin and I are going to be podcasting about a different galaxy far, far away, coming our way very, very soon here on Post Show Recaps. The Mandalorian is launching its second season on October 30th. Kevin and I are going to be podcasting about that. We should have a preview show for season two of The Mandalorian coming your way uh, shortly after this podcast. So uh, I, I believe the, the, the following day is when the when the Mandalorian preview podcast is going to drop. It'll be in the main 
feed. We're working on getting a dedicated Mandalorian Star Wars podcast feed set up, and we are going to cover the Mandalorian each and every week. The game plan also Latanya Starks of the Lovecraft Country podcast is going to be joining us as well. Has to miss out on the preview show, but she'll be with us as soon as she is able. Uh, so Mandalorian weekly Mando coverage coming if you're a Star Wars fan. I know Kevin and I both love that universe, Latanya as well. We're going to protect the child at all costs. No one is going to go anywhere near Baby Yoda. They'll have to get through us first, Kevin. Baby Yodes, right? That's what we're calling him. Uh, nah. Baby Yodes. We're <laughs> Baby call- Yodes. We're, we are calling him Baby Yodes. Uh, so Baby Yodes podcast and coming your way really soon. But on Everything is Super, I want to tell you a little bit about what we are doing because I know that I've gotten some feedback, Kevin, from folks being like, how can you be talking about the Infinity Saga in review when you haven't talked about Spider-Man Far From Home? How could you be swinging away from the Marvel Cinematic Universe when you haven't even talked about the last MCU movie that's been theatrically released? least and to them i say oh well we're still talking about spider-man far from home that's gonna come up next week we still have spider-man far from home we haven't touched that spider-man far from home is this interesting film kevin and i'm sure we'll talk about it more in greater detail when we do the spider-man far from home podcast next week that it is both an epilogue and a new beginning, right? It's sort of this transitional movie where it is sort of uh, like a coda on the life and times of Tony Stark. Uh, it's this question of like, who can be the new Iron Man? And the answer maybe being there will never be another Iron Man, but that doesn't mean there aren't new adventures to be told, new places to explore. Uh, and I think that that's a very fitting next step after we do this Infinity Saga in review podcast, Kevin, because... Once we finish watching Spider-Man Far From Home, we're not finished. We're far from finished with Spider-Man himself. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, with such a hero um, and such a, it's a great, great responsibility, responsibility <laughs> to talk about him in depth and probably all the various incarnations therein, the, the good and the... Well, boy, Not oh so boy, Dad. <laughs> so, so here's what we're going to do. So we're talking Spider-Man Far From Home next week. And then the week after that, we're going back to Sam Raimi's first Spider-Man movie. And then we'll do the second one. And then we'll do the third one. And then we'll do the two Andrew Garfield ones. And then we'll do Spider. We'll go into the Spider-Verse with Spider-Man. Maybe we'll hit up Venom if we've got time. I don't know. I don't know what kind of time. Maybe I'll tell you about Turn Off the Dark, the play, the Broadway <laughs> musical, which I saw twice. I don't know. You saw we will that? be covering <laughs> twice, My twice, God. twice. Too many spiders, man. <laughs> I saw it before they fixed it and after they quote unquote fixed it. Uh, so we've got a lot of Spider-Man content coming your way, uh, swinging into your feed, still here on Everything is Super. You're not going to have to resubscribe to a new podcast feed. It's going to be full tilt boogie on Spider-Man for the next several weeks. The one thing that we are also watching out for is this looming threat from Disney uh, that WandaVision, the first TV show of the Disney Plus shows, is allegedly dropping in 2020. Uh, check the clock real quick, Kevin. How are we looking on time here in 2020? Feels like we're we're running short. I mean, we both have all the time and none of the time. I don't know time in 2020. 2020 is just a concept of time, not time itself. 
but yes no we're running out of time both fast and slow <laughs> sort of like the way that you are the best and the worst kevin things are both fast and slow here in oh, 2020 god am i the 2020 of your friends that's terrible <laughs> no way no way you're much better than that i don't want to talk about the 2020 of my friends that person exists it has a lot in common with the marvel cinematic universe anyway that is neither here nor there it's the name kevin yes uh, neither, neither here nor there um we are going to talk about all things spider-man but as soon as wandavision comes up kevin and i are going to cover that weekly here on everything is super as well we plan on this being the spot where we do all of the disney plus shows the disney plus marvel shows um so what might happen is if we time this right fingers crossed we will get through all like the spider-man stuff is going to hold us perfectly like we're all going to be like very happily in the in our in our respective spider verses happily (laughs) you know talking about spider-man will always be a good time super Uh, excited to talk about a lot of those movies you know i do i haven't watched them in so long i I have to admit something i've never seen the second andrew garfield one so this will be an experience for me Um, i feel though that we're gonna it's like it's like penance like we're going through some really great stuff and then they're just gonna throw crap at us for a couple movies but then we get spider-verse which is gonna be the most delicious of all uh foods you could eat like i'm trying to think of like what's the what's the food menu system we're getting where it's just like well you get some really good food some not so good Mm -hmm. food but then like the dessert holy crap the dessert it's gonna be so delicious uh, so we still want people to send in like their rankings and stuff for that. We're not going to put them in the Infinity Stone rankings. We'll we'll separate them out as their own like spider rankings. I think that that would be fun to do. Uh, and we'll just copy the Spider-Man Homecoming rankings that we already have. Send in your Far From Home rankings for next week and then keep sending them in for the 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 subsequent spider movies. I think the scale of uh, zero to six, Kevin, still works. Uh, six spider senses, the sixth. Spider sense. Well, let's go the, the, the six arms he grows when he's that version uh, where man spider. It, yeah, the man spider has six <laughs> arms, uh, two legs. We won't count the two legs. We're not going to go out of eight. We'll do out of six. So that way. we're just doing it out of six or keeping it consistent. All right, yeah. it's just it's going to stay out of six. Uh, and if Wandavision comes out while we are still doing Spider Man, Lord have mercy on our souls. We will walk and chew gum. We'll we'll do everything is super twice a week. We'll do the Spider-Man podcast. We'll do the WandaVision podcast. But the game plan for the immediate future is Spider-Man podcasting into WandaVision podcasting and potentially simultaneously with WandaVision podcasting. So that means the next several weeks of everything is super. We've got a plan. We're going to be here. It's going to be super fun. Um, and if you want to support all of those shenanigans, if you haven't signed up for the Patreon yet, you certainly can. Post Show Recaps is on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash recaps. Support the show. Get some really fun perks as a result, including a weekly movie club, a weekly community building podcast, weekly watching with Wiggler podcast. Uh, we also do all sorts of ridiculous shenanigans in our uh, community discord. Uh, so just check all that stuff out if that sounds fun to you and if you uh, feel like uh, contributing something towards the production of the show we would certainly be grateful for any help you can provide with all of that said Kevin remember when we were but young things and we were saying hey maybe we'll do some Marvel podcasting we'll do at least phase one no promises beyond that and now here we are with like basically saying like You'll have to pry this podcast out of our cold, dead fingers. (laughs) Yeah, a decade ago when we first started this, back in May. Our cold, dead, uh, uh, nano-gauntleted hand. (laughs) Yeah, uh, we are, it it was inevitable, right? Like this, this, in in our head, we were like, look, let's just commit to to the first phase, but in our hearts, 
in our heart of hearts, we were like, no, I can't give up the suit forever, Josh. I have to, I have to keep building the suit until I, yeah, pried away from our cold gauntlet hands as I snap my fingers and wipe away everything else before this podcast ends. <laughs> I just, it, it's wild. You know, the timing is really crazy. So uh, this past week, as we're recording this, The Ringer just announced uh, that the next focus for their binge mode podcast, really super popular podcast, really good podcast, uh, you know, a, a, a tremendous podcast. Their next focus for binge mode is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, so like we're, we're kind of closing up shop just as they're getting started. So it feels like I'm, I'm really glad we did this when we did it. <laughs> yeah, I think right. we would have finished shock, shock absorbed by the, the, the mammoth that is, uh, the ringer, uh, rightfully so. Uh, but also because like, I don't know for for me having this sort of weekly dedicated spot to a group of characters and stories that i love so much even the ones that i don't love that much um has been a delight uh there have been like a a few things that have been constants throughout this really tumultuous time um both bad constants and good constants and this is a good constant um and i'm i'm sad to close the door on the mcu in this way i'm thrilled that we still have so much Marvel stuff to talk about and so much superhero stuff to talk about. But like, I don't know for, for you, do you like, even though we're, we're not quite two full years out from Endgame, is there like, do you, do you sort of have like that nostalgia for it the way that I feel like I do? Yeah. I mean, you know, of course I, I've mentioned it on this podcast before every now and then I just pull up a reaction video of, uh, of the big scenes in Endgame and like kind of re-experiencing it. And, um, you know, going through that again, it is it is nostalgia, but it's so recent nostalgia that you're, it's still there that you can still touch and live in that world um, and still feel the feelings that you had um, so vividly. Uh, it, it is it is wild to think that this is this is sort of it, right? Like we got far from home, but as we mentioned, it, it's a transition. Hopefully, we'll get more Marvel stuff later. But this really was like a special series of films a special time and i don't know if the future films are going to be able to replicate it it was such an experience going through it for the first time in real time um and just the excited feelings every time i got hit out of the park as it was building up as 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 we came to end game you know the first time around um the success of it and everything and, and coming off the joy of that um that it feels great and even though it may not come to this level again, you know, like maybe they won't, we still had this and this is just so cool. Um, so yeah, thinking about like moving on to other stuff, other superhero worlds and everything, I'm super excited to do that, but this is going to be, it's going to be different. It's always going to be different because this was such a pinnacle of achievement. You know, I don't, I don't think there's anything else out there that in this space that, that comes close to this and, and what they did with the infinity saga. Yeah, uh, we have a couple of points of feedback on that tip. Uh, this is from Chris Fernandez, who writes in and says, for me, the Infinity Saga is the most amazing and well done cinematic achievement of all time. We've seen so many similar franchises in recent years, including Star Wars and the DC universe, fail to truly comprehend what makes for a great franchise and audience enjoyment. Characters that are almost all well-rounded, given realistic and relatable struggles, satisfying redemption arcs, and just enough comedy and angst to keep you enthralled. Where films like Justice League and Rise of Skywalker felt like a jumbled mess, Endgame not only wrapped up the previous 20 movies, 20 plus movies in a nice bow, but also kept you excited for what comes next all the props to kevin feige and the creative team at marvel for keeping their eyes on the prize uh 
uh, the money of all of us nerds. That's the prize, according to Chris Fernandez. I thought the prize uh, yeah, was th- becoming human again and no longer being immortal. <laughs> the, fr- the friends <laughs> we made along the way. But I, I think to Chris's point, like, um, you know, we'll get to DC stuff, I'm sure, at some point if we're alive. And I, I think that will be that will be interesting to discuss uh, because I know that you care about those characters a lot more than I do, so you take it more. <laughs> I thought you, you were. Do. I thought you, you were going to full stop. You care about those characters, full stop. <laughs> no, I I care. I care about Batman. I care about Superman. I care about Wonder Woman. Like I like these characters a lot. I don't have the deep rooted fan nostalgia for them the way that you do. Yeah, you grew up on DC Comics. Yeah, um, I didn't. I did not. Yeah, no, for sure. It, and it's so wild because like I love those characters so much and um. <laughs> and I love Marvel, don't get me wrong, but it's so weird to like my quote unquote secondary universe being such an achievement and my prime universe still just hoping every every time a movie comes out to just please be good. Um but yeah, I, I do have I think that that's fair to say way more of a passion and I think also knowledge set for that one like that even more than Marvel DC is probably my knowledge base cuz I you know, grew up on that stuff. I think it'll it'll be really fun to get there someday. And hopefully like by like we will have like gone through so much stuff that by the time we get there, uh like maybe things will be better <laughs> in, in a lot of ways. Um but but I think like and I, I don't mean to like kick a hornet's nest by saying that, but I, but I think that like even someone who loves the like the the DC cinematic universe such as it exists or sort of like the modern DC movie experience would have to admit if they were being rational and like just looking at it objectively that there is at least divisiveness there in terms of the reaction. Uh, like whether or not you you love it or hate it, there is like a, a cleaner split in that crowd than there is with the MCU, where I think like the vast majority of people who've engaged with the MCU uh, e- uh, either love it or they are people who are just like kind of being like superhero movies suck and not like really taking like the actual material very seriously. And I would, I would say something very similar to star Wars where even like these, these last three movies that came out uh, to, to close out the Skywalker saga. Um, some people love certain ones and other people hate certain ones. And like, it's just very divisive. And I do think what you can say about the infinity saga is like, there's a few clunkers in here. Maybe like there's a few movies that are just whatever. Um, but like, Look no further than the the scores that we had here for Endgame that like gave it like like a five point nine eight from the audience. I would, I wonder what the what the rotten rotten tomatoes score even is on on IMDb. It's an eight point four out of ten. Is Avengers Endgame? It's a ninety four percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, like it, it's just it is at a level. It landed itself. Like who knows what the hell is going to happen next, and it might all be awful. We don't know. We've got no idea. Maybe Black Widow's terrible. Maybe Kevin Feige is somewhere in like a, a quarantine vault being like, thank God we have time <laughs> to like, you know, like live in a world where people don't know that we've really screwed it up. Uh, maybe Eternals is bad. Maybe Shang-Chi is not good. Maybe Doctor Strange. Maybe all these movies are going to be bad. Who knows? We have no idea. We've got a lot of reason to be hopeful given what we saw with the Infinity Saga. But even if they're bad, there's no taking away from what they did over a 22-ish, I think 22 movies, 23 movies. It's crazy. It's just never, it's just never been 23 movies. It's just never been done. And I don't know how it can ever be repeated, which is what makes me so excited about the the next possible era of the MCU. Yeah. So can they do it? Yeah. And certainly, you know, the can they do it 
was a big question, and I don't think it's going to be bad if they can. They again, they did it once before, and and it 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 also stands untouched. I mean, it, you know, it was like uh, the feedback just said, like. This movie, I don't know if I'd go, it's hard to, it's honestly hard to argue against this being a, the, arguably the greatest cinematic achievement because yes, there's like cinema and the act of telling a story and movie and whatever, but as what they did, it's such an accomplishment that we haven't seen before and seen to this level of individual movies and crossovers and building an entire you know universe, creating a comic book come to life quite literally and how comics are presented as a medium and using movies to do that. It's it's unparalleled. Um, and it, so many people tried like, like, you know, this, this, this really did tr- start something where people were like, we're going to do our own, you know, connected universe without ever, without having someone who understood what that meant. Like Kevin Feige, um, people who just obviously were just trying to cash grab it and just be like, it only matters if it's a connected, the actual story and everything else doesn't matter. And it's just like, no, we're not idiot audience members. We actually care. Um, and so we saw all those things fall apart. None of them work out really. And so it stands alone in an achievement that it spawned and accomplished, you know, it wasn't even like they failed at it and, and, and no one else could do it. Like it's, they proved it can be done, but only by them so far. Right. Yeah. I think greatest cinematic achievement of all time is just like, that's too high a bar, I think. But like for me, what it is, it, it's the it's the the pinnacle of like blockbuster event filmmaking. You know, like I don't think that anything uh, like the, it's pure would be Star Wars for me. And I think given the quality, like the all over the place quality of Star Wars, the core saga, you know, outside of the the original trilogy, like take the prequels and the new stuff, like the quality is all over the map. And at least with the MCU, you you like get to a point where like you can you're you can be pretty sure that when you walk into a Marvel Studios movie that you're getting a certain quality level, if not higher, um, with exceptions, but not a ton. And that's especially impressive to me, considering like the exceptions to the rule when you're like taking into account how many movies there are. Like I'm looking at my initial rankings of everything right now, Kevin, because we did that, right? Like we put our, we our started, rankings yeah. together when we first started. I'm looking at, at that right now. And for me, it's like really like five movies that I think are not that good. Uh, and even like a couple of these, I'd still enjoy watching. Uh, so it's, it's a really impressive hit to miss ratio. Um, as far as the infinity saga is concerned. Yeah. I mean, I think the ones that I would be, not thrilled to watch again are still not that bad. I think that's even few and far between. I mean, there's three, I think that I'm just like, yeah, I could take or leave those. Um, but the rest of them, yeah, they're, they were enjoyable films. I enjoyed watching them again when we did. Um, and I'm sure if we, you know, in a couple of years, if we tried this again, just for funsies, not us doing podcasting, but just sitting around watching, um, I think it's or the same podcasting thing. Could be fun. Yeah, we'll, we'll reboot. We'll, if, we'll reboot the yeah, podcast. We'll reboot everything. <laughs> yeah. is super. <laughs> could be fun. Um, everything is super two point Yeah, but um, you know, it, yeah, it, it's. I, I'm trying to. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you have it, and I should pull it up somewhere to look at my own rankings and compare like where where it ended yeah, do up. You have questions? I, yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see like how aligned I am with my past self. I guess. Um, I feel like maybe mostly. I feel like even after this, I felt mostly good about what ended up being the top for me um mm-hmm. then and now um i'm excited to see 
once we get there, like kind of really go over after getting all of this, the official, official rankings. So, you know, it'll be pretty cool. Um, yeah, here, here we're looking at it now. I, I don't feel like my stuff is far off. I think, I think the original Avengers is the only one that was, uh, I think higher on this rewatch than, uh, than, than where it landed here on this list. Yeah. We'll get into the list, uh, for sure. I think, uh, we we ought to put a bow on that uh, as we as we close out the Infinity Saga podcast. I wanted to take this from the great Professor Strunk, who provided so much fantastic feedback all throughout the Infinity Saga coverage. Uh, Professor Strunk says, "If you were tasked with determining what movie is the greatest movie of all time, I think it is totally legitimate to conclude that Avengers: Endgame is that movie." Sure, if you limited yourself in that task to only considering what you see on the screen over a movie's runtime, divorced of all other context, then the argument for Endgame is harder. But if you allow yourself to judge not just what is in Endgame itself, but what it took to build up to it, and the fact that it stuck the landing, this is a legitimate contender. No other movie in the history of cinema has ever had such an emotional payoff as this movie, and I can't imagine one ever will again. Uh, except uh, 23 more movies from now, Kevin, when well, they the do Silver it all Surfer, over again, <laughs> Silver Surfer rams his surfboard straight into Galactus's eye and uh, everyone cries, cradling. Uh, what's his name? Norman Rad or something? Norman Rad. Yes, <laughs> correct. Norman Rad. He right? rides a surfboard. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Is it's Norman right? Rad. Yeah, it's definitely rad. It's definitely rad. Uh, yeah. Silver Surfer's name is Norman Rad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not. I thought I said Norman Rad. Oh no big, no no Norin yeah. I'm combining him with Norman Reedus. Uh, <laughs> let's start the campaign the now to get Norman begun. Reedus. Norman Reedus as the Silver Surfer would be trash, but I'd be here for it. <laughs> Again, but like <laughs> just great. another thing with comics, right? Like we talk about here the cinematic achievement of these movies, um, which Endgame featuring Howard the Duck. This is from the same universe in which they have a character as a surfboard whose last name is Rad absurd yeah. <laughs> great pretty rad everything is rad hey. we'll do the, the silver surfer that's our fantastic dive. four coverage when it happens um yeah but what could, what what even comes close what even comes close to like having uh like are people gonna be like super bummed when when vin diesel sacrifices himself for the family at the end of the Fast and Furious 11, which is allegedly the final Fast and Furious movie, I don't think he's so. He's not dying in that movie. Get, out, get the hell out of here. He, he's, he's walking away fine. Have you watched Vin Diesel's movies? Well, even movies? if he does, if you die in these movies, you, you can come back uh, in, in most <laughs> cases, true. it seems. It's true. Yeah. I'm, still, I'm still very curious about that reveal at, and, and in the trailer, and we won't get it for a while now. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know, right? Like, I mean... The, there's a lot of emotional payoff in this movie. I agree. Um, the most emotional payoff in a movie ever. That's that's tough, but I can certainly see the argument for it. Um, the greatest movie of all time is also very very high up. It's hard to it's hard to uh, to, to qualitate that with with this movie. But for a lot of people, it is. And I'm not gonna. The thing is, if someone says that, I'm not gonna begrudge them for it. You know, and like if someone said it to me about like I don't know. Um, Inception, which is a great movie I really love, but if someone's just like, Inception is the greatest movie of all time, I'd be like, well, that's that's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. Um, whereas someone's like, Endgame, I think, is the greatest movie of all time, I'd be like, yeah, I can see what you're what you're going for there. Yeah, it makes sense. It's a culmination. Yeah. It's a culmination. It's all, it is like something of a ridiculous thing to say, but it's like a ridiculous thing to say that like you could you could come to it with backup. Yeah. 
like yeah, like a bunch of salient points could start emerging from behind Absolutely. you, like Doctor Strange exactly. just zapped them onto the battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> like point A, point B, point C. I mean, it's uh, it's made a ton of money, and money shouldn't be the measure, but it's gotten great reviews all the way across the board. It brought together all these characters, had emotional payoff, had action, uh, had comedy. It ran the gamut of different genres. Um, there's there's a ton in there that absolutely could show up in droves, and every time a point shows up, the audience will cheer and scream in excitement because they're just like, it is, it is the greatest point of all time. Yeah. Um. So we we do have these movie rankings, and I, I think now would be a great time to get into them. Um. One note before we do. Uh, uh, Mike had written in uh, a listener named Mike wrote in and said a minor request. Uh, there should be an episode where you guys destroy the stones and break some of these ties with some classic Kevin and Josh banter. I don't know if we've got it, uh, the classic stuff, but we'll we'll give it a whirl. Mike says, I know they're still far from home ahead, but this still feels like an ending. So thank you for the podcast. It has been a joy. The joy has been ours. Absolutely. Um, Kevin, we don't have uh, I think the good news is we don't have a ton of ties that we have to break. Uh, I, mean, I think that like the the very but if we if they're within like like a like a, a very very tight like decimal pointage away from each other do we want to maybe uh, make executive decisions I wouldn't be necessarily opposed to though I would feel weird going against the will of the people I mean I think you know that that becomes because our score would slightly affect it right so that that is do are we adjusting our score in the movie because upon talking about it is it better or worse than the one that's above it. Maybe. All right. Well, let's, there's a possibility. Let's, let's let's get into this, okay? So, in dead last, according to the official Infinity Stone rankings, and the way this was measured was I gave a score from zero to six. Kevin gives a score. Listeners write in with their scores as well. Super at PoshoRecaps.com. We want to keep this tradition alive, so keep writing in um, with your scores for future movies. Just use the same metric. Um, and we would uh, average up those three points, and we'd have our official score. So this is the... We're going to go through it. We're going to go through where things landed, and obviously, Far From Home still needs to place. We'll place that next week. I mean, it won't but be in, in 20, last, so... <laughs> it won't be in last. It won't be in last. In, in 22nd place, in last place... It's Thor the Dark World. Yes, deservedly. Uh, deservedly. And so the question there is, is it deservedly? Because the one right ahead of it is the Incredible Hulk. So it's a 1.54 for Thor the Dark World versus a 1.85 for the Incredible Hulk. And I think that these two, you enter a rewatch like this kind of saying, like, these are the worst of the worst when it comes to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The points bear it out, Kevin, because they are very clearly the bottom of the pack. And they are at the bottom, uh, in the case of the Incredible Hulk, almost by a full point. And in the case of Thor the Dark World, by more than a full point. Yeah, I mean, they're not they're not good. And I think, you know, I remember we had this debate uh, when it happened about where where Hulk landed compared to the Dark World. And we had a classic Josh and Kevin go at and it ended up in this where the Dark World is worse than Incredible Hulk. And like at that point, too, we're just. We're just, we're just arguing who, you know, between a, a douche and a turd sandwich on, on that one. Um, <laughs> sure. But uh, it's weird because, like, if you were to ask me also which is the most, like, yeah, offensively bad, it would be Thor. Incredible Hulk is such a weird positioning there because it's a movie that doesn't quite fit into the rest of all of this. Um, like, it's a completely different actor playing the Hulk. That mannerisms of the Hulk are so different. Um, it's weird even now thinking about that movie and knowing 
what we've what they've done with the Hulk, how far they've come with the Hulk as a character with Mark Ruffalo. It's it's so odd to look back on that and think back on that um, and, and, and that movie happening and still considering it on this list even, you know? Yeah. I think the two of them being at the bottom makes all the sense in the world. And I think if there's a, a surprise for me, it's not that Iron Man 2 is next, which it is in 20th place. It's that it's uh, ahead of the Incredible Hulk by literally almost a full point. Um, and, I, and I think that Iron Man 2 for me was one of the biggest surprises of this rewatch where I thought the movie, it was like a good movie. It was a fun movie. I was happy to have watched it. Um, I didn't feel like mad for having watched Iron Man 2. Is it slight? Is it slim? It, does it deserve to be as low as it is? Absolutely. But if this is like the third lowest MCU movie, then the MCU is really, really great. Absolutely. And I think that's the thing. I remember when we when we watched it, it's not it's not very good. They had some entertaining parts. Uh, they had some great acting. Um, they had the bird, you know, um, so th- there there were some things that were pretty, pretty great about it. And I think that is such a fair statement where it's just like out of 22 films, if three of them are the bad ones and really it's like 2.5 are the extremely bad ones, you're doing pretty good. Like that's that's some good stuff. Like <laughs> the rest of it, again, I don't think we dislike anything as strongly as we disliked you know, uh, Thor, the incredible Hulk and Iron Man two was like, well, we didn't really like it, but it's whatever, you know, like everything after that, I feel like we, we trashed one movie for decisions that it made in retrospect, because we're like, we know you have the potential to be better, which maybe the next one, I'm not even too sure on the rankings, but, um, the point being these three, I think are fitting to be the bottom three for sure. In, in 19th place and 18th place, I think, uh, are worthy of being discussed in the same breath. Worthy being the operative word for Thor, which is in 19th place with a 3.25 overall score. And then Doctor Strange with a 3.35. So uh, a tenth of a point uh, splitting the two of them apart. Um, and in my, in my world, like if I were the, the, the lord and master of this list... I would put Thor above Doctor Strange, uh, but I'm I'm overruled by by the masses at large. But I think like this is so this is that five that I'm talking about. I think that for me, these are the five Marvel movies that like I could take or leave. Uh, And I think that obviously Thor is an important movie and Doctor Strange is an important movie as far as introducing these characters into the MCU. So to just leave them would be uh, a choice uh, that would have repercussions um, but I, I think that every movie beyond this one will be a movie that I, if I don't outright really like it, then at least I, uh, would like be very happy to sit down and watch any of the next movies. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 I do think Dr. Strange belongs above Thor. I think both hilariously suffer the same issues, right? Like these origin story things that in retrospect, especially we know how much better they could be. Um, both have, I think, very strong casts, um, both have great moments, uh, that, that, that we really enjoyed, but also had a lot of problems with them. Um, so even for me, I, mm, Thor maybe might be the same thing, right? Like I could not ever watch that again, but I don't know, maybe, maybe because there's parts of Dr. Strange, maybe because I'm so excited for Dr. Strange. Um, and there's only been one, whereas opposed there's, there's been like three Thors. 
uh, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind going back into Doctor Strange and watching again. It has a great final battle, as we know. <laughs> yes, as we as we've discussed. Um, in seventeenth and sixteenth place, I think again another duo worth talking about uh, in the same conversation because they are they are so close. A three point eight four for the seventeenth placer and a three point nine eight for the sixteenth placer. It's so much closer than they ought to be on paper. Ant Man in seventeenth place. And Avengers: Age of Ultron in sixteenth place. What is, what does this tell you uh, that the that the 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 the, the little guy, uh, the not the regular sized man, uh, is coming in so close to Age of Ultron, uh, a movie that I rated above Age of Ultron, you did not, um, but the audience rated both of these movies exactly the same. Yeah, I um in my original rankings, like like looking back now, I I, I definitely think actually I, I might I might put Ant Man a little bit higher than Age of Ultron, even though in my original rankings I think Age of Ultron ended up higher than than it should be. Um I think that says more about Age of Ultron than it does Ant Man, right? Like it it's Ant Man. Like a movie that shouldn't be anywhere good. Under normal circumstances, you know, you hear about uh, that character and, and, and premise and you're just like, this movie's gonna be stupid. Um, but instead, Age of Ultron, by all measures and metrics, should be top of the line here. The majority, the majority, every other Avenger film is t- is at the top notch and the high ranking. The fact that this is that low is speaking more uh, for sure about Age of Ultron than it does uh, Ant-Man. Yeah, I I was thinking about Age of Ultron the other day. Sometimes I just get James Spader's voice and his Ultron mouth stuck in my head. Was just talking about uh, how the strings are on you. You were you reading Pinocchio? Yeah. Were you reading Pinocchio late at night? No, there was. Uh, I think I was watching a little bit of the new Borat movie, and there's a moment where he does like people lying, and he like gestures like Pinocchio knows. Unless what he's actually doing is a lot worse than Pinocchio knows, which is entirely possible. He's just adjusting uh, um, his shirt tail or whatever the hell it is. Borat is a big Age of Ultron fan. Um, yeah, I, I I think about Age of Ultron sometimes. I think about that as like the point where the Marvel Cinematic Universe was getting tired. You know, it it is this, this moment where like... Yeah, they had Winter Soldier and yeah, they just had Guardians of the Galaxy. But Age of Ultron is having like it's not really allowing the, the the cinematic universe to go anywhere because they're saving that for Civil War and the Infinity War and Endgame stuff. So Age of Ultron is kind of like pit stop. Got to gas up. We got to like set some things up for the rest of the trip. We've got like one really long drive ahead of us. and It's going to be awesome. But we got to chill here at the gas station for a bit while we fuel up. And it's like, it's a good gas station. Surprisingly decent sandwiches, you know. Is it a Wawa? A great, I don't know if it's a Wawa. A great party at that gas station, though. I will say that. There was a, there was a party going down in that part. It was fantastic. You know? and I think one of the best parties that we could have possibly actually attended. Um, it was a great party. It was a great party with a great setup, uh, payoff, rather, with, with uh, Cap and Mjolnir. Yes. Um, that comes you circling know? back around, uh, literally like Mjolnir. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's so crazy because there is stuff. I, I think about Age of Ultron 2, and there's stuff in there I really enjoy. There's lots of dialogue lines. There's lots of weedy things that I was super duper into. But its place in the Marvel Universe is unfortunately um, sidelined because, yeah, like you said, right? Like they were saving the big stuff for later, and that does suck for, for that movie and for Whedon. Um, but, yeah, I, it just, 
it's hard not to at the same time again shake your head look at the rest of the avengers man they're they're so high up um and this movie did have quick uh quicksilver's unfortunate death and the behind the scenes stuff there you know and hawkeye's set up to be like i'm immortal because i have kids um for, uh-huh, yeah. you know, so <laughs> We we did get some uh, some some feedback about Hawkeye from Miriam, who wrote in a few hours before we started recording. Miriam wrote it and said, I know it's an unpopular opinion, but I believe Hawkeye is actually essential to the Avengers. Yes, his storylines could be written better, but when he's not there, they lose. He was the one to convince Wanda and Quicksilver to change allegiance. Plus, he was able to break free of mind control. Also, if you believe the Infinity Stone theory, then Hawkeye embodies the Soul Stone. I'd like to talk about that. Hmm. Uh, two people who sacrificed themselves were looking for redemption. People might not like it, but Hawkeye is the one that holds the team together. Um, what do you think of this idea that Hawkeye secretly has, like, so- big Soul Stone energy? Listen, Could he bring Gamora and Black Widow back? Just because could he, pay, could he pay forward the sacrifice? Just because you need Mati to summon Captain Planet and for the team to stay together, don't doesn't you mean dare. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. How That's dare you I'm drag saying. heart right now? The the fifth and most important element. Uh, yeah, the Lilu of elements. He's got a cool crossbow, like he's got a cool monkey, and I can understand his placement in the team. Wow doesn't mean he is cool or necessary most of the time. <laughs> All right. We'll be here too long if we get into a fight about this, but I'm holding myself back. This is what they call growth. Um, <laughs> I don't know that yeah. word yet. <laughs> In, so let's talk about these next three uh, as, as a three as well, because they are all effectively the same score. Hmm. Uh, so it's Iron Man 3 is technically 15th with a 4.22, um, but then it is a straight tie between uh, 14th and 13th, which is Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel, both with a 4.23. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, so this is just like a cluster that really stands out here in that 15th through 13th spot of Iron Man 3, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and Captain Marvel. I might have, uh, thinking back to when we were doing my Infinity Stones, I, those three movies might actually also just both, or all three be 4.5s for me. So I, they are for me as well. Yeah. They are for me as well. And they're all 3.7s from the audience as well. And so I think the reason why uh, they're they're so close is obvious. Um, but also in the case of 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 all of the movies, I'm sure that it's like a, a situation where we had more people voting at certain points in time and blah, blah, blah. Um, so this is a, this is an opportunity if you want to do some stone breaking. Uh, certainly there's a tie here between Captain Marvel and Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think uh, the if you if you want to go with like the hundredth of a point that's separating Iron Man 3 away from Ant-Man and the Wasp, we can keep Iron Man 3 in, in 15th place. It feels more to me like the more pressing matter would be to delineate which goes before the other, Captain Marvel or Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, yeah, I think that's the more important conversation. I will say straight out, though, thinking about those three films, I would watch Iron Man 3 before I watched uh, um, Ant-Man and the Wasp as much as I enjoyed that and Captain Marvel as much as I enjoyed that. I just think that for me, right, like I think I mentioned this, the Shane Blackness of it all, I really love. I, I, I really like him as a director. I love his other movies. I saw the things I love from his other movies I saw in, in Iron Man 3. So for me, I would actually have bumped Iron Man 3 higher than the other two. But I'm not that's that's personal taste. I think it's so minuscule. Uh, you know what? I I do you agree I with almost, me? Almost I almost agree with you, but I feel like that's a very 
It's a very big step to do that. It is. It uh, is. I mean, but if we're going to the two that we're looking at, right? Ant Man and the Wasp over Captain Marvel. I absolutely rated them the same, and I because we saw them back to back, and I remember like thinking like thinking really hard about these films and where which one belongs where and its place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I do think Captain Marvel belongs higher than Ant Man and the Wasp. I really do. Um, I think it has a lot of great stuff to it. I think Ant Man and the Wasp has some fantastic humor, but. Captain Marvel has some great humor to it. It has that 90s feel that, that really hits on, I think, the nostalgia of us all. But it also was important for, you know, a female-led uh, superhero movie, um, establishing Carol Danvers within the universe, who comes to have a big, big, big role. Um, she yeah. does it, you know, so does Ant-Man and the Wasp, obviously. But I, I think there's just a little bit more there that I would place it higher to Ant-Man and the Wasp. Any higher than that? No, probably not. But between those two, I, I, I got to give it to Captain Marvel for sure. Yeah, I, I think I'm good with this with Captain Marvel in 13, Ant-Man and the Wasp in 14th, and Iron Man 3 in 15th. Really mostly for like legacy reasons. If it was personal taste and based on like my memories of the rewatch, I actually think I would strike that reverse it. I think I would have Iron Man 3, then Ant-Man and the Wasp, and then Captain Marvel if it were purely up to me. Um, but I, but I think like the legacy stuff does boost it, but I think that that's an interesting segue into this point that, um, I had really been waving the flag on very early in our rewatch that legacy can only get you so far. Uh, and so on, on legacy alone, these are, uh, certainly one of these movies is one that in my personal rankings, I had very, very high in my original rankings before, we launched into this project. I had it at number four. Uh, and then the other one I had at number nine <laughs> overall. Um, Josh. So it's, it's, so it's, it, and a lot of it, certainly for Iron Man was that like, this is the one that started it all. This is the movie that began the whole thing. And without this, we don't get the satisfying payoff event game. Um, but when you're in the ring, uh, with as many contenders as you are here in the MCU, that reputation will only get you so far. So Iron Man is in 12th. And then I think the bigger surprise for me in the rewatch um, was the like this feeling of certainty for myself that Captain America, the first Avenger is a better movie than Iron Man. Like I just, I feel that very truly, very honestly, I believe that to be a fact uh, I believe that Captain America, the first Avenger is a more original movie. It, it, it holds together better. It is more cohesive. Uh, and it is, uh, it is, it is the movie that pulls out ahead. It's a 4.69 to Iron Man's 4.52. It's Cap first Avenger in 11th and Iron Man in 12th. But I think the surprise for me is that Iron Man, I just would have expected would, would have cracked top 10. I think, again, is that about Iron Man? Is that about the level of, uh, you know, of quality that it's it's up against? I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I, you know, this was this was the first movie we did. And I, I remember like having the disagreement. Right. I think you and the audience were way higher on that movie than me because of the legacy. And that legacy idea still they're about midpoint from me. us. Um, yeah, I, I was a five. You were a four. They were four point six. And then for Captain America, you and the audience were more aligned where I was a five once again. Um, but you were a four point six and the audience was a four point five. Yeah. And, you know, to me, I, I do put them close together. So this makes a lot of sense that they're here in the rankings. Um, but I do. Yeah. Captain America to me is absolutely the better movie. I think Iron Man, 
you know, Robert Downey Jr. embodies that character so well, that that character is so fascinating and interesting, and people will latch onto him and, and like him immediately. I think Cap is extremely likable, but he's not like Iron Man, right? Like, if 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 uh, Cap is Cyclops, Iron Man is Wolverine. People are going to like Wolverine. Um, but the movie, I think, for Cap is just really well done. I think the bad guy's a little bit better. Um, from my ranking, yeah, it, it's Cap all the way, right? Like, that isn't super surprising to me. It's more surprising that Iron Man ended up as high as it did uh i would definitely put iron man 3 above iron man 1 if i were to watch stuff but again that's my feeling legacy only gets you so far yes you did a lot that's like putting snow white at you know number 10 in the disney rankings and i'm just like look snow white did a lot sure but nah you know um so yeah yeah one of my hot takes coming into everything is super was that i didn't like the guardians of the galaxy as much as everybody else did uh and then the way that that bore out uh, not Borat, was that I watched the Guardians movies and had such a blast watching yeah. them again this time around. So there is, on one note, I am surprised to see it here in the top 10. And then on another note, I'm not surprised at all that Guardians Volume 2 uh, is is that is that marker here of the top 10. It's right there in the 10 spot um, with a with a 5.15 overall uh and my my question is will that be there next week uh because does far from home crack into the top 10 and if so at at what point yeah that is an interesting one in my head i want to say far from home belongs in the top 10 um thinking back i don't i don't think i had it in the top 10 in my og rankings i I definitely think the guardians movies are both higher but my love of what they've done with spider-man and the excitement of what could be coming in Spider-Man, I think, is is making me feel it right now. So I, I think it might get knocked out of the top 10. I think it's higher than a lot of people assumed it was probably going to be. Because I know we kind of mentioned when, during the podcast this, this one was a little bit divisive. A, but I really love big, it. I love it. There's a big gap between the listeners and uh, the final score uh, for for both Guardians movies. For for Volume 2, it's a 4.5 from the listeners, and then for Guardians 1, it's a 5.4, you know? So that's not insignificant. There, there's a bit of a stretch. And I know that for you, Kevin, you rated Volume 2 higher than Volume 1. For me, it was, it, you know, flip a coin, so I basically did, and I, I gave it to the original. Yeah, I think I remember that happening. You literally did flip a coin for this. I don't think I did. Um, I don't know if I literally did, but... You said it once. I remember we were talking, and you were like, it go one way or the other, and it was like, then you finally gave it like the point one to put it higher. I'm waiting until the Batman rankings to do coin flippage. Ah, well, we all know that uh, Batman and Robin's going to be number one. Why are we even bothering? Um, No, it's... Yeah, I um, I really, even in thinking back, I I really love Guardians One. It's so fun. It's so awesome. But there's just, I don't know, a little bit more in Guardians Two. Even though there's a bit of a, you know, that that patch in the middle that people talk about, I just think it's great. And they did so much awesome stuff with character and setting that up, especially in Nebula and Rocket. You know, there's just a lot in there for me that I would have put it higher. But I'm not gonna be like, ah, why, why, why isn't it above Guardians? I get it. The audience. I'm, you know, with I'm with the audience on this a little bit more um, instead of the Iron Man of it all, but that's fine. This is one where your influence is felt um, because we're we're talking about that question of which Guardians goes higher, and for you it would be two. But there was a long time where the question was 
you know, what's the best movie on the menu uh, or close to it was this question of uh, this clash of, of phase two movies, Captain America, the Winter Soldier versus Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, and for me, like, I couldn't decide. That was one where, like, I think that, that was the, that was the one. Uh, they, they are both like tremendously great movies for, uh, you know, reasons that are, um, you know, that are very valid for for both of them. And I just couldn't pick one over the other the audience was completely split as as well with a 5.4 for each and you're the deciding factor so it was a it was a five that you gave to winter soldier and a 5.3 to guardians of the galaxy which puts guardians ahead of winter soldier ultimately by a full tenth of a point uh so 5.42 over 5.32 uh guardians is eight winter soldier is nine and I know a lot of people are going to be mad at me for that, probably, right? Because a lot of people consider Winter Soldier as like the best in the MCU, with that, you know, excluding um, your Avengers. Um, and it's really funny because, like, you asked me before all of it, I probably, you know, would agree about how good that movie is about giving it a six. And then when I watched it again, you know, I, it is a good movie. It's great. It's a very particular type of movie, I think. And maybe I've just been with my fiance too long, but like her, you know, points on the movie, <laughs> wow. I think stood, stood strong. Um, yeah. and you know, uh, even though Josh, I, as you know, I hate compromising in relationships, but I'm uh, getting that compromise running where it is, you know, understanding that's an inside joke that no one listening to this podcast is going to get. Kevin doesn't like but, to compromise with people. Yeah, yeah. My old Kevin. New Kevin is different. New Kevin clearly. can look, compromise. New Kevin look compromises. At, look, at, yeah. look at the influence that Again, my fiance has that's done. That's what we call growth. Growth. Uh, that's uh, what it is. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, you know, uh, even now, I, I, I'm going to stand by it. I think it's a great movie. If you like spy movies, if you like that sort of genre, you're going to love it. Um, the villains are fantastic. It sets up a lot of good stuff. Bucky is a bit not as cool as I remember him in my, in my head um, from the first time I watched. So that has definitely thrown an influence there. So sorry, audience on this one. I am uh, not going to take back what I said. No, bumping this down below guardians. And nor, nor should you, I don't think, Um, you know, that's, that's not where it's close enough. Where it is close enough is when we get into the, the clash of the seventh placer and the sixth placer. Speaking of Spider-Man, it it is very, very close here. Uh, it is, uh, so you and I both gave a foy, a, a 5.9 to foy, c- five, a foy, <laughs> a 5.9, a 5.9 each to, to civil war. We both gave, uh, straight sixes to homecoming. Um, but I never got to talk about homecoming, which I, I want to do. That's funny. In, yeah. I want to do in more <laughs> right. detail next week when, when we could talk about far from home. Like I want to use that as my spot to talk about Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Cause I really haven't had a chance to do that in a big way yet. Um, but the audience was different. The audience was a 5.4 on civil war and a 5.2 on homecoming. So it is very tight, uh, between the two of them. And in fact, I just, I, it's so tight that I just want to like quickly just like verify that i am right on the numbers here that they are as close as i believe them to be let's do a quick double check uh actually uh yeah uh it is there it's a it's a 5.72 for civil war and a 5.73 for spider-man homecoming is that enough for you to keep it locked in place that homecoming is ahead of civil war or do you want to take an opportunity to to break a veritable tie you know, that's really tough. This is a, this is actually a very tough one for me. Like going in, if you had asked me which one's better, I would have said Civil War, hands down. Um, but watching Spider-Man Homecoming again, 
um, and Civil War both. You know, I was ready to give Civil War a perfect six, and it ended up being a five point nine for probably the most minuscule of reasons um, that I can't even remember. I'd have to rewatch it. But Homecoming, yeah, there's nothing that hits me personally that would want to bump that down. I just, as a person too, who who was never as into Spider-Man as a lot of people um, have flipped around so much recently. And, and, and my feelings on that character are, are a lot, you know, we can get more into it when we do this, but um, are a lot higher up than, than if you would ask me a couple years ago. Uh, and a lot of that is homecoming. A lot of that's the video game, a lot of that spider verse, but yeah, I, it's wild because there's so much in Civil War. There's an awesome ending battle. There's an amazing, you know, uh, uh, runway fight scene. Uh, there's really, really, really cool stuff. There's a villain that I love, but end of the day, I don't know, man. I, I, I think I might give it a homecoming. It had equally really cool stuff. It had a phenomenal Spider-Man. It had an awesome side character in Ned. It had, in my opinion, as much as I love, you know, Zemo, uh, you know, Tombs, Adrian Tombs as Michael Keaton in that role and playing that character and how that character was kind of twisted and turned. Damn, man, it's it's great. And the humor, of course, is is just beyond everything. And representation, there's a lot in there. Yeah, I'm going to have to get like that. As I'm talking about Homecoming right now, I'm, I'm going to have to give it. Uh, it's, t- it's a tough one, but I, I think I am going to give it to Homecoming. Yeah, so like I gave it a full six, but I didn't get to talk it through. And so like, you know, I didn't get to talk about the movie at all. And I want to give us a wanna, preview, a preview here for next week. Well, I want to, I want to, what I'd like to do is I'd like to, I'd like to set this right now. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm rescinding my six from Spider-Man Homecoming. Wow. And I'm putting it at a 5.9 because I cannot right now decide which movie I prefer between Captain America, Civil War and Spider-Man Homecoming. So I'm going to give Spider-Man Homecoming right now the same score that I gave Civil War. So I'm giving it a 5.9 at the moment. By giving it a 5.9 right now, Kevin, that does change the order at the moment. Wow. Look at you coming in trying to break stuff here. It puts Civil War slightly higher than Homecoming. It takes Homecoming from a 5.73 to a straight 5.7. Uh, which will go beneath Civil War's 5.72. And we're going to leave that there like this for a week. And then after a week, I'm going to, I'm, I'll think about it a little bit more. I'm going to, I'll rewatch Homecoming before I watch Far From Home. I'll watch the two of them in tandem together. How about that? And then I will decide whether or not I want to put Homecoming as a perfect movie. Because a perfect movie is a very strong thing to say. And all of the other sixes that I have on the board are coming. In the top five. And I feel great about all of those decisions. Uh, to put Homecoming in the same breath as all of those, I'm, I'm feeling like when I rated that, I wasn't here on the podcast and I was going through a shit time. Uh, and I, and I, I think that there was like some like need for optimism boostage that happened there with Homecoming. So now that I'm going through a great time, you know, I'm just, everything's, things are just going so yeah, well. So things are great right now. <laughs> uh, it's, I'm just gonna. I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna I, think. I'm. I'm just gonna think about it. And I want to talk through Tom Holland as Spider Man next week before I like make a solidified final call. F- fair enough. And I'm curious to see where your action was going to yeah. be. And I will say that you know, Homecoming is a movie that uses racism against the audience, so I am for it a lot. Yes. So it also gets points there. Yes. Uh, so yeah. All right. So we're in the top five. Um, top five again. It is. It is close. Uh, it is very close. 
with the exception of one, which is, you know, very far in front. Um, <laughs> but for a while, there was this like this push and pull between Thor Ragnarok, the Avengers and Black Panther, where all three of them before the arrival of Infinity War and Endgame were just vying for that top spot. And it was just like it was back and forth. Avengers was the king for so, so long. Um, and then it started getting really contentious. So where we landed with that Avengers lands with a 5.81, um, Ragnarok with a 5.83, and Black Panther with a 5.8. So the way that that shakes out is Black Panther is in fifth, the Avengers is in fourth, and Thor Ragnarok is in third. Um, and I think that they are clear enough to me that I wouldn't change them um, based on any like actual like stone breakage that that you and I would do it. Because for us, there's sixes for both you and me. What is there really to 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 change other than if you want to give one a demerit. I know I don't. I don't want to I don't want to boost any of those three down. Yeah, I mean that's 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 it wouldn't I'm not I don't want to boost any of the those three. The only one down. I they would fail. see you doing that one too is like Avengers Prime. Um yeah, that's probably would be the one because I do think Black Panther belongs above the Avengers for for a lot. But um I mean, god, it it, it would just be to warp the scores and I don't think that's fair. I wouldn't want to do it just to be just because I personally think that Black Panther belongs above the Avengers. I mean, that movie to me, I think is stronger, like has a stronger structure. I think it has a extremely compelling villain as much as people can love on Loki. Killmonger is my, in my opinion, by far and away a, a more developed, interesting, well-rounded uh, villain whose motivations and purposes you get and you understand um, and you can relate to. Um, I think the the way that movie and the carefulness that movie was constructed is is vital. Um, they put so much thought into it. They they gave us things that that we had not gotten before. Um, so for me, it's unquestionable that Black Panther should rate higher than the Avengers. But I don't want to just do that just to break the score and 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 go against you know um, something like that. That's that's my opinion. Um, so I'm going to let it where the audience lies because it's, I don't think it'd be fair to force it. Uh, we can all just sit there in this and think about what we did, <laughs> um, but that's where I, that's where I will leave it. They're, they're so close. It's a 5.81 to a 5.8. You know, it is, it is so close. It's perfect sixes from you. Perfect sixes from me. 5.4s for both films from the audience. And I think it's just a matter of Avengers had more people were sending in their infinity stone rankings earlier on, uh, would be, would be my guess. Um, so it's Avengers, Avengers, Avengers ekes out ahead of black Panther, but Ragnarok cleanly comes out ahead of, of both of them and with the audience on its side. And I do uh, again, like, is it a huge shock for me? I wouldn't say a huge shock, even coming from the God of thunder. Um, but I, I would say that, uh the the level of of love for thor ragnarok sometimes um is just a, it's like a thing of wonder uh and i think thor ragnarok being where it is is just sort of the encapsulation of like these movies can do joy and color and vibrancy like nothing else if given the the proper chance yeah i mean you know for me this is the bigger i would have made a bigger hard decision here like i like i said i think black panther would have been above avengers for sure but i think avengers or um black panther thor ragnarok is such a hugely difficult call um i'm not mad about where it is 
uh, at all. I think it's it's it is wild when you look at the rankings, right? Like looking <laughs> looking at Thor: The Dark World in last place, and uh, the first Thor in essentially fourth to last place to have Ragnarok in third place is insane. But yeah. again, like how. That speaks to Age of Ultron, where its placement is. This speaks to Thor Ragnarok and and the accomplishment and just the crazy things you can really do with with this with this universe um, with with these films. Um, and really, I think broke Chris Hemsworth into the stratosphere. You know, he was he was popular before, but I think Ragnarok absolutely catapulted him into another realm. Um, clearly, he he went through a, a portal. He went through the double teams, but to, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's it's so crazy. Like I remember our giant fight about the ending battle in Ragnarok versus Civil War, which I lo- you know what I should take it out on the audience right now. I should take it out on the audience. Wow, for, for, Kevin, for doing that to me and well, lowering my score in Avengers. <laughs> well, you know what I will say is uh, if Black Panther was ahead of the Avengers and Black Panther for the Infinity Stone rankings was slotted in in fourth, then your pre-podcast rankings would reflect the top four as it stands. Because uh, your top four, <laughs> before we started the podcast, was in order. Black Panther in fourth place, then Thor Ragnarok, and then as it bears out from here, Avengers Infinity War in second, and the king of them all, Avengers Endgame um, and you know to say it's not close is not accurate because we're talking about uh, both both movies being very close to six uh, but in, it's a, a tenth of a point dividing them uh, Infinity War at a 5.88 so in the, in the realm of Ragnarok and then Endgame just light years ahead almost a six it's a 5.97 um, and I think that that goes back to like you know, this was sort of like a long and winding road back to the point that was made by um, that was made by Strunk, right? That th- you can make the argument this is the best movie of all time. Uh, the argument by Chris Fernandez that like there's just no cinematic achievement like the Infinity Saga. The fact that all of these movies that we love so much culminated in and whether you want to just like broad brush it as recency bias, I don't know that you can on this one. Now that we're, we were ranking this like two years later and Endgame is is still riding, riding high at that top spot. Um, it's just crazy that it is it is like it's as ahead as it is as firmly in first place as it is, given everything that came before it for Endgame to be number one with a gun. Yeah, um, but. While you were saying all that, I was also really, really thinking about this. Um, And, you know, his presence in Endgame um, or his presence in Infinity War, his presence in Endgame, uh, the fact that we have lost Chadwick Boseman, um, honestly, you know, um, this character of Black Panther will will get another Avengers. You know, these characters had so much that they showed us that, that they were able to do for us. Um, and, and give us a, a joy that we had from kids and, and seeing these characters, but we're not going to be able to get Black Panther again. We're not going to be able to get a character like this again. And for me as well, when I think about how it influences me as a creator, how it influences me as a writer, and what I want to do for storytelling, as much as I love the Avengers, I think that's really cool. Black Panther showed me what can be done with people like me and close to me and, and, and uh, BIPOC people. So you know what? Yeah, I'm doing it. Drop Avengers down to five point nine for me. I'm giving Black Panther the the higher score. Wow! So you're you're taking it down on Avengers. I uh, am. So talk me through taking Avengers to a five point nine. Is it anything about Avengers itself? 
I don't, I mean, if you want to get the nit- nitpickiness, right? Like, we, we loved Avengers, we gave it a six. Uh, and even in retrospect, yes, we had a blast watching that movie. We had such a good time watching that movie. It was so fun. They did so many cool stuff. But it wasn't, it had issues, right? The first act is a little slower, as they say. We didn't feel it as bad this time around. I think there's just little bits and pieces that I can say that if you want to get down to the hair, you know, details of it, I still would give it to Black Panther, the villain especially. Um, if we want to get the nitpickiness of it, Avengers villain is Loki here doing a thing for Thanos and attacking with an army. Cool. Killmonger has a lot of death going to him. He has so much going on. So if we if we're doing that, uh, it would be the deduction point for not having a strong as villain as um as Black Panther ultimately did. So you know, and and really at the end of the day, it's it's nothing again against Avengers. I think they're great, but I really do think Black Panther is a stronger movie. I think it, it deserves to be higher up. Um, and uh, we're just not going to get something like that again, which is such a tragedy you know um maybe that part think, is recency bias but i also think part of it is that i told you that you had the top four in your pre-podcast rankings and you just wanted to make sure you know you don't need to say that part of it josh we could <laughs> we could we could we could give me the moral high like, ground that could be yeah. implied it could be implied. that could be that could be the that that's that that was me being you know uh thanos <laughs> infinity war and then you revealing this truth about my actual villainous intent is me thanosing endgame now so no listen i i can't knock back one of my scores and stand here and be like you can't knock back one of yours so uh as it stands uh, these are the rankings for the Infinity Saga. In 22nd place, Thor of the Dark World. In 21st, The Incredible Hulk. 20th place, Iron Man 2. 19th place, Thor. 18th place, Doctor Strange. 17th place, Ant-Man. 16th place, Avengers Age of Ultron. 15th place, Iron Man 3. 14th place, Ant-Man and the Wasp. 13th place, Captain Marvel. 12th place, it's Iron Man 11th place, it's Captain America, the first Avenger, and we are in the top 10. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2 at 10. Captain America, the Winter Soldier at 9. Guardians of the Galaxy, Prime at 8. Spider-Man Homecoming took a dip. It's in seventh now. Uh, Captain America, the Civil War, uh, not the Civil War, oh God, uh, is in sixth place as it stands. Uh, the Avengers just took a dip. The Avengers is now five. Black Panther is four. Thor Ragnarok is three. Avengers Infinity War is two. Avengers Endgame is one. And until it's further impacted next week by Far From Home, there you have it, your Infinity Stones for the Infinity Saga. It really does say a lot, though, like Infinity War and Endgame being that high up, like the yeah. first and second place. I think, you know, that it, there we go back to the feedback you were saying, man, the achievement, the achievement, the achievement. Um, it's crazy. It's, it's nuts. Wild. Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely yeah. nuts. Uh, it's crazy that that happened. I'm I'm thrilled that it did. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I am I am I am sad to think about like the world where we don't get more Chris Evans, Captain America movies. I'm sad to think about the world where we don't get further or at least many further Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man sightings. Um, you know, like that it was again, like we we've talked before about like all like the, the youths who grew up watching these movies, but like our careers have grown. Like you and I started becoming, you know, adults, uh, just as this move, these movies were coming out. So like they have defined big swaths of our lives. 
to even consider where things go from here is such a tall order, but let's do that. <laughs> you know, let's consider, Kevin, where things go from here. And the great Philippe Shimon writes in and says, I sincerely love learning more about comic book lore as a newbie to the medium who got into it via the MCU and this podcast. And thus, I want to know what your pitch is for, war- for where the MCU goes from Endgame uh, should be. Um, should this be something we talk about now? Do you want to talk about this more in Far From Home? Because I think when we get into Far From Home, we're really pivoting the conversation towards Spider-Man. Um, at the same point, Far From Home introduces this, uh, you know, apparently fake uh, multiverse theory that Mysterio concocts that is probably going to actually be true in future Marvel movies based on the fact that there is a movie called The Multiverse of Madness coming out, given that there's a lot of implications that the third MCU Spider-Man movie may have a multiverse component to it. There's also the fact that there are scrolls in Spider-Man Far From Home, that the Nick Fury and Maria Hill of that movie are actually the scrolls that were hanging out in Captain Marvel. And Nick Fury, meanwhile, is doing some shit up in space. Uh, we know some of the things that are coming our way. We know that WandaVision is coming to Disney Plus, uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming to Disney Plus. Um, there's going to be a Hawkeye show, a Loki show. There's a, the Miss Marvel show, uh, which just got cast. She-Hulk, which allegedly has been cast. Um, there's tons of movies that are coming. Uh, there is a Nick Fury TV show that is also apparently coming to Disney Plus as well. Uh, there's Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. There's Blade. Um, there's the Eternals. Eternals. There's there's so much that like it, it's it's a lot. There's another Doctor Strange. There's another Thor. Um, there is this third Spider Man movie. So like we we have think we have like items on the board. A third Ant Man, which we talked about the potential ramifications of. Is that a Young Avengers setup? Is it a Fantastic Four gateway? Um, can you make sense of this given like comic book precedent of like what could be bigger than Thanos? What would require some time before we got to something that was as big as Thanos? For me, thinking big is Galactus, the world eater, uh, the eater of planets that uh, Fox got. Not my wife. The studio got so terribly wrong uh, in Rise of the Silver Surfer. Uh, a, a you know a, a comic book cinematic sin that uh, needs to be corrected in the same way that the Fantastic Four need to be done justice. Um, is it as simple as we are going to build to Galactus and that's what's up, or are there other things that are on your mind in terms of where you think we might be going from here? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot, right? And like my my nerdy nerd of hearts wants it to be multiverse, right? My, my, my that part of me really wants them to like lean into to alternate universes and playing in that world or doing what if there's so many ways that they could do it. Part of me is afraid that they're going to misdirect, you know, because it is such a crazy, difficult thing. You know, people talked about the, the place that I fell in love with the multiverse was of course, DC comics. It, it was a huge thing for them. And, and people were basically just like, this is too confusing. And so they they stopped doing it uh, for a long time. Um, so is Marvel possibly worried of that being the case here, that it would be too confusing, that it makes things a little too wonky and people aren't going to be into it. So we don't get the multiverse and it's a misdirect, like with the scrolls and captain Marvel, you know, um, if you ask me now, knowing what, uh, what they have uh, cast, um, like you said, with, with, with the third Ant-Man, um, I think 
we're going to get a semi-multiversal thing through time travel. I think I think Endgame set up stuff with time chicanery, and I feel like that is going to be what we're going to see in the next phase is how how do how did those actions and messing with time how is that going to come back to bite them in the butt and i think that's what we might see is the multiverse get introduced that way where branches of time now exist and maybe at the end it's maybe marvel is going to do crisis on infinite earths like who knows they have the the prime set up to do that so it could be that i mean they steal that from dc that would be messed up that'd be hilarious they did their own version of that no DC, uh, they did it on the TV. No, Marvel, yeah. Marvel has oh. done their own sort of Crisis on Infinite Earths thing with Secret Wars. Secret right? Wars, yeah, yeah, sort of ish. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I would not. Someone want them to ten do years Wars. from now has pulled that clip of you being like Secret Wars, eh, eh, and then like Secret Wars is the thing. It's a huge thing, right? Like yeah. it's a big seller. It's done yeah. so much better than than yeah. Endgame. It, we're all ranking it the number yeah. one spot. Yeah. Um, that would be wild, but. Yeah, it's it's so hard to predict um, because the only thing I can think of that's bigger is like, yeah, your Galactus or your, you know, like Kang the Conqueror, like the time stuff like that could be bigger. Um, but it's 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 difficult to do that because the only threat, the only, the only thing bigger uh, of a threat than something that threatens your universe is someone that threatens all universes. So I wonder, though, like, is it? Is it the wrong move right now to even be like trying to like, you know, plant that too firmly at this point? And is is the move now to sort of like rather than like build towards your next villain and your next conflict is now the time to like build out your next heroes? Because Marvel and through Disney has now come into possession again of the Fantastic Four, the entirety of the X-Men catalog. Um, like Didn't even touch on them, <laughs> you know, and but well, there's there are no announced plans in that regard. And I think they're really taking their time on it, which I think is smart. I think it's worth taking your time on that. Make sure you get that right. Once you pull the trigger on those things, it's going to be a hard thing to to reset. So you got to make sure that like, you know, this will be like the, you know, the third times the charm for Fantastic Four. Right. I mean, they've made, uh, you know, the the first two that were set in the same universe and then uh the josh trank movie which sucked you know like they want to really make sure that they can get it right um so i i feel like that would be if it were me like that would probably be my prime focus while also like making sure that people give a shit about the people who are left behind because it's not a nothing deal that we just said goodbye to iron man that we just said love you three thousand to him love you three thousand to to steve rogers like are people, you know, were people going to Captain Marvel and Doctor Strange and stuff like because they were invested in like how would they fit in to the greater Iron Man and Captain America story, for example? Like, I think now is a moment where for these next series of films for Marvel, I think to like stop down and drill down and think a lot less about how do we get to the next end game and more about how do we how do we do something as culturally significant as Black Panther, for example? Um, and how do we do things that are just as like out and out blast character studies and like character rides as Ragnarok? Those would be the two movies that I'd be looking at the most right now if I was in a decision making position at Marvel Studios for this next set of films. And then like, I don't know, I guess I'd be looking at like prestige TV to figure out 
how the hell to do the Disney Plus stuff, which is so fun. I'm so excited about that. And one of the things that I'm really pumped about that as far as it pertains to the podcast is like you and I will have like, we'll like we're going to be covering this this gigantic thing that has been like episodic television is sort of the approach of the of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, except we will actually be talking about it as episodic television once we get into WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really interested, right? Like that's the next evolution now. How do you how do you fuse TV and 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 movies like in in, in this kind of way? That's the big next step. And I think you know, Josh, you bring about a really really good point. I know that's rare for you, so I'm I'm giving you a couple. I'm kidding. I appreciate um, it. No, but you bring out a great point in terms of like connect. Like we got to get connected to these new characters because the characters that we are left with, like. How connected are we? Like, look, look, let's look at these rankings, right? Like, look at where a lot of these people. Doctor Strange is low. Captain Marvel is low. Amanda Wasp, not high. Like, it's, it's a really tough spot for the ones left behind. And, you know, Wanda and, uh, I guess Vision, um, don't have their own movie. So, like, the TV show is going to do a lot of lifting there. Like, that's where I think they're going to have to try and convince us that to like them. Honestly, the same with Falcon and Winter Soldier. So, Thinking about it, you know, that we're maybe not giving them as much credit as, as as we thought when we were like, oh, they're doing these TV shows. That's really cool because it can they can do multiple ways of telling stories now. They're not just confined to, to to the movies. But I think the TV shows are purposely strategic to make us care more about these characters that are going to be now the backbone of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, we still got Thor, sure, but how much longer do we have Thor is, is a big question. So. Same there's thing with Spider-Man. Like, there's a deal. We, we, we know a, we don't have him much longer. We, we so. don't know. We don't know for sure. But we, but we know that it's it's as as like you know tenuous as like an overextended web. You know, like it is. There's this deal between Sony and Disney for Spider-Man, but it almost fell through very recently. You know, put very recently in relative terms. Um, but will it hold past? Spider-Man 3 and I think Tom Holland is contracted for like one more appearance beyond that. Um, will they be able to keep reforging this deal? Because if not, and they lose Spider-Man on top of everything, like, you know, we really have to give a shit about Doctor Strange and Carol Danvers and Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne. And like, um, they need to like make us really care about Shang-Chi when Shang-Chi shows up. The Eternals better pop. We better love these guys. You know, uh, if if they're closing the book on on guardians or are they going to do the Ragnarok treatment with that? So right now I think like, and it's a little tough because it's now been almost two years since Endgame, like year and a half since Endgame. we're living in the world we're living in. And like, we just want stuff now. And like, we're so sad and hurt and broken ourselves. And we just want to, we we're ready to get back into it. But I think that like, it's a, it's a shame in, in certain ways that, you know, the, like, we're not, we're not, it's a, it's a shame in like every way that we're not there yet. Um, but one of the things that is, I think, creatively an obstacle that has to be overcome is that we, we might be ready to start like event building again as an audience, but I think that that's not at the uh, th- that that needs to be balanced against. Well, how how ready are we really to fall in love with some of these people? You know, are we are are they going to earn our our full affection? Are they going to you know just because it's got the Marvel Studios branding? Yeah, they they have bought a ton of goodwill and a ton of loyalty. And these movies, you know, 
I mean, we don't know what the model is going to be, right? We don't know what the theatrical release model is going to be moving forward. So I was about to say, these movies are going to make a shit ton of money, but I don't know <laughs> what that looks like moving forward, you know? So I, I think, whereas towards the end of like uh, the Infinity Saga, and it's really, you look at our rankings, Kevin, from the podcast, and like, there's so much phase three representation so high up. Right. Um, and, and I think a big piece of that is because at there's there comes a certain point where Marvel's like we can rubber stamp one of our products with Marvel Studios and it doesn't matter how weird or out there the premise is or how many like super old, awful white men have said, like, the world isn't ready for this yet, uh, that there are. We have proven that our brand, we can take risks like that. And I think that that sensibility needs to be married with like intense laser focus on character first and foremost uh, as well. Uh, And I think that for me, that likely for me, that has to come before event building. And then the really compelling thing will be, can they do both? They've proven that they can. So don't count them out. No, definitely not going to. And you know, it's such a, it's such a, it's so true because it's not even a lesson that needs to be learned. It's a lesson that has already been proven that when you, when you don't do character and you just lean towards event building, when you don't have anything to, you know, any right to do it, you know, you end up with a dark universe. Like that's a perfect example of where Marvel, the, the, uh, the universal monster correct, movies, the universal monster. <laughs> that's ones. right. I forgot that but they tried to do that. Right. But yeah. that's exactly it. Right. Like they yeah. were so, they didn't care because they, they thought that they were just like, whatever universes, that's all people they want. Ever stopped Give to me think another they, million dollars. They should, please. Only if they could. What was that? <laughs> they never stopped to think if they should. They only thought yes, if they could. Exactly. Where was Ian Malcolm? I guess yeah. he was, he was on uh Sakaar. Um, but, that's exactly the thing, right? Like they, 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 they focus more on like, we want to just build an event versus establish the characters. Um, so, you know, I, it's hard to just for anyone to give the benefit of the doubt, but they're Marvel's allowed to have it. I think they do know this. I think they probably are well aware. Hence why I think strategically they've been setting up the TV shows very purposefully. I think that the, the, the state of the world has maybe thrown some wrenches in the plan, but maybe it might turn out helpful in terms of, you know, that part of it. I, Never in a million years am I going to ever say like, oh, good for this year. Like, fuck that. Right. Uh, this year's terrible and I wish it never yeah. existed. Um, but like in terms of if you're looking at what the entertainment they're going to or how they're approaching what they're going to do, you know, maybe it's good. There was a bit of a gap because then they could, you know, like I said, the two, the two year time period can lead us into a new world a little bit refreshed and rather dive right in from from the last one. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts about the Infinity Saga, Kevin, before we start? Swinging. I mean, we're going to keep going with the MCU. We'll talk a lot about MCU Spider-Man and Far From Home specifically next week when we do the Spider-Man Far From Home. But that's going to be our launch pad through J.K. Simmons returning as J. Jonah Jameson, in fact, into talking about 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 the the Sam Raimi Spider-Man and just like Spider-Man generally. Uh, I'm really amped up to to get into all of that because... Uh, you know, whether it's like the 90s cartoon or the Raimi movies, like the Raimi movies are like deeply tied to like 
my adolescence, you know, <laughs> like, uh, like I think back on, on, on who I was when the Raimi movies were coming out and I was, you know, like a, what, like 17, 16, something like yeah, that. Yeah, we were, we were, we were in high school for sure. Yeah. I mean, I have stories to talk about when we get there, when it happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and that movie also has influenced us and our friendship, especially with like Jim Gibbons and stuff where we're quoting, you know, um, Green Ow, Goblin. Am I? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Green you know, Goblin. Godspeed, Spider-Man. Like, watch out Thanos. New number one coming in <laughs> with a, with a pumpkin bomb. <laughs> so like, yeah, it, it those are huge movies, and it's, it's gonna be exciting to dive into that world, especially like you know maybe maybe or maybe not. Marvel's going to the to the multiverse, but we certainly are. Um, I feel like they are. By the way, I really feel like we're gonna get Tobey Maguire Spider Man. I mean, that's gonna be back. crazy. It'd be cool, be but it nuts. depends on how they do it, right? Like and. And we're going to be entering the multiverse with, with, into the Spider-Verse. So technically, yeah, maybe maybe Spider-Verse was ironically the best thing to happen to Marvel because it showed that people can get behind the idea of multiple Spider-Mans. Um, you know, uh, that's so, so yeah, I, now, now, now I think maybe it's going to happen. That gets me really excited for the possibilities. You know, when we last talked about like what show or in Lovecraft country, we talked about like what show would we bring back, you know, from the dead if we could. I immediately have always said Quantum Leap and Slider. So that says everything you need to know about my particular taste and what I'm looking forward to. So the idea yeah. of Marvel doing that is is awesome. Um, my only final thoughts, honestly, it's weird to just do the whole like, oh, thank you so much for Kevin Feige and Disney and Marvel and everything for doing this. But like legit, dude, I mean, come on, we're we're like fans of this stuff and it's nuts. Like this, this happened like as a fan, you know, obviously, like, thank you for doing this, like giving <laughs> me something that I never as a kid could have imagined would be conceivable um in cinema seeing these characters brought to life this way um obviously i will say there's more you need to do there's a lot more especially when it comes to people of color characters but uh for what you have done like it's it's a hell of a thing and i'm glad you guys have made the right steps along the way and and doing stuff like black panther and miss captain marvel and miss marvel as it's coming um yeah it's it's nuts man it's 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 a it's a part of my life that's part of my entertainment life anyway, that, that is definitely going to be like super memorable. Um, there's, you know, uh, there's a joke from a Kate beaten comic that Robin has, has made fun of me where it's two older people, uh, in a, in a, in a retirement home. And the wife says to the husband, do you remember what, uh, do you remember to look at our son's face when he first entered kindergarten? And the old man's like, no, do you remember Thundercats? And Robin was like, that's you. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll remember the important things, yeah. but I'll remember Thundercats. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is, this is a movie that this is an achievement and an experience that, that is a thing I will look back on fondly is happening for a very long time. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I'm, I'm glad that we'll still have the podcast to keep our, our entertainment lives enriched. Uh, in addition to to thanking the people who made these movies, of course, thank you for listening to these crazy podcasts for for uh, all of your feedback, for sending in the scores, for for everything, for giving Kevin and I an excuse to talk to each other every single week, even though we'd probably be talking regularly anyway. I don't think we'd be talking like this regularly, Kevin. Uh, you know, like you know, be a lot more depressing half, speaking. Yeah. An hour and a half every single week uh, for the last however many weeks, basically, has been awesome. Um, so, you know, we're, we're pumped that we had the chance to do the Infinity Saga stuff. Uh, bon voyage to binge mode. Good luck on that. It's a bear. 
Uh, we look. I look forward to listening to to new MCU rewatch coverage. Will be fun. Just Especially as like the a, early days. <laughs> yeah, just as a spectator, I'm pumped about that. So definitely check that out if you're not planning on it. If you're not tired of the Infinity Saga stuff yet, um, but I'm also just pumped that we we still have like the support to keep going and and do more. Um, and I and I think we'll. Uh, we'll we'll have a lot of really fun different directions that we will be able to take this podcast in for many moons to come. Uh, but I think having launched everything is super with the Infinity Saga is going to be a very memorable chunk of podcasting for me. This is it, much like Endgame itself. It's not the end of the era, but it's the end of an era, right? It, it is the end. It is the closing of a certain volume and uh it is the it is the beginning of something else so uh really pumped for all of that uh we'll be back next week with spider-man far from home here in the everything is super podcast feed uh but we will also be doing mandalorian coverage as we mentioned at the top of the show so make sure you're subscribed to the main post show recaps feed so you don't miss the mandalorian podcast and we'll work on getting that mandalorian feed up shortly after launching that preview podcast. The show comes back October 30th, so plenty of time to binge or catch up or whatever. Refresh yourselves. Uh, but Mando is coming. Baby Yoda is coming. Kevin and I will be talking about it each and every week with Latanya Starks as soon as she's available as well. So, uh, yeah. Great times. Anything else, Kevin? Um, Avengers Assemble, I guess. <laughs> All right. Love you 3000, everybody. We'll be back in a week. Bye. This time travel thing that we're going to try and pull off tomorrow, it's, it's, it's got me scratching my head about the survivability of it all. That's the thing. And again, that's the hero gig. Part of the journey is the end. What am I even tripping for? Everything's going to work out exactly the way it's supposed to. I love you 3,000.